This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hurry, hurry, hurry to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hi there and welcome to Sonic Society episode 486. I've got no strings to hold me down. I am your real boy host, Jack Ward. And I'm your Gibetto host, David Alt. Uh, good day, Jack. But um, uh, what is with the Pinocchio reference? Uh, as we get into autumn, I'm just remembering some of my childhood favorite stories. What were some of your favorite tales growing up, David? Ooh... Well, I think I'm probably a little bit of a weird one, but uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was probably <laughs> my favourite when I was growing up. It's a lovely up. bedtime yes, tale to yes, say. But, uh, of course, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. And I'm told that there was a book that I demanded to be read when I was three years old called Mr. Bill's Sausages. <laughs> Do you still have that? I don't. I've not been able to find it since, but I am told that that is what I demanded when, <laughs> when I was that Bill's age. Sausages. Mr. Bill's sausages. <laughs> That's if anybody has Mr. Bill's sausages, I will buy it just as a Christmas present for David Off. <laughs> so you. contact me at jackjamieward at gmail.com because I want to see this book, Mr. Bill's sausages. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's going to have been made in the in the early eighties, so uh, so it's going back a bit. That's true. <laughs> I have been busy adapting the most dangerous game for audio from the short story by Richard Connell, mm. and I've always loved this tale, but I never quite had the hook I wanted until I was just rereading it for my grade 11 class just this week. So the show is part of a never-before-released anthology series called Action Adventure Audio Theatre. Action Adventure Audio Theatre. Are you trying to get into the beginning of the radio drama Yellow Pages? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always <laughs> been a fan of Escape from the old-time radio series, and I thought if I had an, an anthology series that was action-based, because, you know, I've I've got science fiction one with Wavefront, and I've, oh, yes, yeah, I've got yeah. the mystery series with the deadline, and... Oh, I like that. Kind yeah. of Twilight zone series with darker musings. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, with a name like Ward, I get stuck down by the W's if I don't get uh, an A yes. in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can always do, do it through me because, of course, I've got the A. I've, I've always true. been right at the front. That's but right. But fear not for another great W series is the feature tonight with Wooden Overcoats. Specifically, the award-winning Best of iTunes 2015, Wooden Overcoats. Absolutely. And right after that, another episode of John Bell with Bell in the Bat Free, episode 147. So without further ado, Wooden Overcoats with The Bane of Rudyard, right here on the Sonic Society. Now, hidden in the English Channel is an island called Piffling. On the island is a village, Piffling Vale, and the village has a square, and the square has this lovely little antique shop. But opposite the antique shop is a funeral home, which is where much of this little chronicle will be set, I'm afraid. You see, I want to tell you all about a man named Rudyard Funn. He owns the funeral parlour, 
He's responsible for all the funerals in Piffling Vale. And today, he experienced what was undoubtedly the worst day of his life. Which, to be honest, was probably long overdue. Wooden Overcoats by David K. Barnes Episode 1 The Bane of Rudyard We gather here today to celebrate the life of Stanley Jessup Carmichael, who was taken from us only five days ago. It all began with a funeral. The antique dealer, Stanley Carmichael, whose shop was immediately opposite Rudyard's premises, had led a life of peace and ordered calm for some 89 years and been subsequently crushed to death by a granite sundial. I confess that I never actually bought anything from him. His price has been quite steep, actually, though I did have my eye on that sundial. I might still be tempted if it came down in price. Hint, hint. (laughs) Stanley's relatives pricked up their ears at the prospect of getting something for that granite sundial, whilst nearby, his eyes sunken and his skin pale and drawn, stood Rudyard, looking at his watch and wishing strongly that the Reverend wasn't an agnostic. He's undoubtedly looking down at us from his place with God. Unless you don't believe in that sort of thing, which I won't hold against you. Mind you, God probably will. Unless he doesn't exist, in which case he won't have anything to complain about, really. <coughs> Reverend. Uh, sorry, did somebody say... Reverend. Oh, hello, Richard. You're rambling. Sorry? You're rambling again. Oh, God, am I? Yes. I'm so sorry. Where was I? His spirit looking down on us from I, his I, place. I, oh, from his place with God. Yes, yes, thank you. Right, right. I'm uh, looking down at us from his place with... um. No, no, actually, I, I didn't suppose we could have a quick show of hands, could we? No, no, come on. If you believe in God, could you put your hands up? Can, can, can we all do that? Put your hand up if you believe in the, uh, right, right, yeah, ooh, about half. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what I might do is do the service twice. Well, we don't have time. Once with God in it and the other without. No, we're overrunning. Oh, I, I, I thought I might read out a few psalms. Which ones? I don't mind. I'd be happy to take requests if anyone's got any favourites. No, 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 no. We're 16 minutes behind schedule. Nearly 17. Georgie, wake up! Mm, I don't want to. We need the coffin in the ground. Now. Sir, it's a very heavy coffin. What's your point? I'm the only pallbearer. Oh, stop moaning. Put your back into it. Oh, fine. Do we have time for some funny anecdotes? Late as it is, and it's pissing it down, so no. Um, Ruining everything. There you are, Reverend. You're losing them. Oh, I thought they were rather getting into it. Not him, you. Me. You horrid little man. Stop hurrying things along. Don't you know what a schedule is? So rude. This isn't my only gig today, you know. Got Mr. Askey to measure up in half an hour. He's not dead. Well, he doesn't look healthy, though, does he? Stop talking. We're trying to honour Stanley. Honour Stanley? You didn't even like him. I noticed at the shop you slipped that carriage clock down your blouse when you thought no one was looking. <gasps> and the dressing table. Oh, I knew it! Oh, shut up! Bill swiped the portrait of Ava Braun. Bill? I wanted that portrait! Oh, you can't have it! <gasps> oh! Um, I'm sorry, Jerry, I just lost control. Ow! Oh, no, no, come, 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 everyone! Stay calm! Jerry, put that shovel down! All right, Georgie, get the body in the ground. Sir. They don't look very happy. Well, of course they don't look happy. It's a funeral. Off you go. Oh. Oh. 
their service completed, Rudyard Funn and Georgie Crusoe fled the cemetery and hurried back to the funeral home. Established by local character and serial bigamist Gilbert Funn in the 15th century, Funn Funerals has always maintained a solid reputation for being the only funeral home on the island. Oh, well, it could be up to a good thing back there. You saw Stanley's widow. That sad old lady. Yes, when she took a swing at her son-in-law, I think she fell into the grave instead. I don't know if it was fatal, but it looked promising to me. Do you think we'll ever have a quiet funeral? Oh, asking for the impossible never helped anyone. People smiling, swapping funny memories. I'm just not sure that every funeral should end in violent conflict. Georgie, once you've been here a few more months, you'll realise that funerals will always end in bloodshed. There's very little that you or I can do about it. Now, go and get the measuring kit. I want to go to Mr Askey's and see if he's dead yet. Are you sure it's worth the bother? Oh, we've gone round every day for the last six weeks. I'm not giving up now. Hop to it. Yes, sir. Well, get me a dry jacket. And another hat. Where's Antigone? Antigone! Now look here, yes? Stanley's widow! Ha! I knew it! No, nothing, sorry. Uh, we can fit him in at six o'clock. Well, I'd leave her in the ground for the moment. It'll save time in the long run. No, she shouldn't have been brawling at her age. Of course I'd have fancied my chances against her. I'm 35 and she was 82. See you at six. Georgie! Got a full day ahead of us. Where's Antigone? Try the mortuary. You in the mortuary, Antigone? Antigone? In the mortuary, Antigone? Antigone? Are you in the... What? I'm back. I'd rather look at the corpses. Just rest in peace mean nothing to you. Well, I don't hear the guests complaining. Got room for another? Is it Mr Askey? Not yet. This one's a bonus. That's Antigone, Rudyard's twin sister despite being actually born one week afterwards. The poor dear had been diagnosed with depression within 20 minutes of being born, a world record, which gave her no consolation at all. So how was it today? Uh, the vicar's getting worse, and of course it was raining, and inevitably it ended with a punch-up over a portrait of Eva Braun. But personally, I found it all very moving. Brilliant. So that's another grieving widow we'll have to apologise to. No, we won't. Why not? She fell into the grave and died before I left. She did what? been a very productive morning. You really have no concept of what good service is, oh, do you? I'd love to disagree with you, and oh, I'm doing it now. I've been in the mortuary all morning, and do you know what I've been up to? I'm sure I don't want to know. I have spent the past five hours mixing formaldehyde and methanol with clementines, and a tiny, a tiny dash of cinnamon. That's what I've been doing for five hours. Should I ask why? To try and make our embalming fluid smell nicer, so the bodies will smell nicer. Because have you ever really smelt a body, Rudyard? Why do we still talk to each other? Now, thanks to me, they'll smell brighter, fresher, not like bodies at all. That's the sort of service I'm striving for, Rudyard. I want them to forget that the body is a body. Yes, that'll work. Our granddad's dead, but don't worry, because it smells like Christmas. It's attention to detail, Rudyard. It's how to run a business. You wouldn't know. We get the body in the coffin in the ground on time. Sir, you had the jackets beneath him by moths. I saw the whole thing. Not now. Georgie, how long did it take to get the coffin in the ground this morning? A couple of seconds. Now that's a good service. Because I dropped it. But it got where it needed to be, and that's what they pay us for. Rudyard, for the very last time, they don't want chaos. They don't want stress, and they don't want a relative dead before the first has even been buried. Well, how do you know what they want? In the name of sanity, Rudyard. Look, I've got a very got busy day ahead, so we can just get back into the mortuary and... Hello. Yes? Eric. Eric Chapman. I'm new to the place. Just arrived. Good morning. Georgie, leave it to the professionals. Good morning. We've not met. 
No, because I'm new to the place. You don't brag about it. I've met people before. You're Mr. Rudyard Fun of Fun Funerals. Correct. Terrific name. I suppose you put the fun in funerals. <laughs> no, of course we don't. What's obscene? Sure. Never mind. Well, Hello, Mr. Chapman. Oh, Jesus! Is this too close? A little bit. Sorry. Don't, don't mention it. Sorry, I'm Antigone. Sorry. Pleased to meet you. Ah, oh, likewise. Uh, call me Eric. Are you in charge? I'm the mortician, where the action is. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's not much you don't know about the body of Antigone. That sounded like a double meaning. It's called flirting. Oh, gosh, is it? Well, no. No, it's lovely smashing. Do it again. Haven't made it awkward. Damn! <coughs> Haven't got all day. Yes, so uh, Rudyard, Antigone and... Georgie, hi. That's enough. Well, I saw you at the funeral, didn't I? Yeah, helping out. Georgie, don't give away company secrets. I was only... Hang on, were you at the funeral this morning? Yes, I was. And I'm sure you were impressed with what you saw, Mr Chapman, but we really are frightfully... Actually, I wasn't entirely sure it came off. I'm sorry. For a start, it got a little bit violent, didn't it? Did you think so? At the end, yes. I'm not sure what funeral you were watching, Mr Chapman, but all I saw was good, clean mourning. Didn't someone die? A very convenient place for it to happen, Georgie. I'm not... There you go. Don't let us keep you, Mr. Chapman. And I thought there could have been a greater attention to detail. Stop me if I'm getting too critical. Okay, I'll stop you there. Shut up. Carry on, Mr. Chapman. Eric. Gosh. I have to say, it all looks a little bit grim. I mean, it's a funeral time, party time, but even so, I always think these occasions should be a, a celebration of life rather than going on about death. Do you know what I mean? Nope. Ah, I mean, I don't want to be made even more miserable. I want to remember those happy, magnificent memories. I want a cheerful atmosphere. Bright flowers, music, funny recollections. Sweeter smelling fluids. Exactly. Fluids. I think they're very important. Sure thing. That's what I mean. Sorting out those little details. Pushing the boat out. Or the hearse out. <laughs> it's, well, it's just my two cents for what it's worth. Well, uh, I don't know what planet you live on, Mr Chapman, but... Thank here... you. We'll bear those things in mind, won't we, Rudyard? Over my death. Smashing! Anyway, I thought I'd swing by. Oh, any time. Thank you. Any time at all. Yes. I was just swinging by to see the competition. Competition? Yes. You mean like a raffle? Well, not exactly. I hate raffles. It's a strange thing to hate. Anyway, I meant you lot. Uh, fun funerals, the local competition in funerals. You're an undertaker. Well, a client prefer funeral director. You're just visiting, though. Oh, no, I live here now. I'm setting myself up. Your own funeral home? Yeah, Chapman's. Not quite as catchy as fun funerals, but there we are. <laughs> Where are you going to be? You know the antique dealer you buried? Stanley Carmichael. I'm just taking over his premises. Just across the square! That's right. Opposite you, actually. We'll probably see a lot of each other. Compare notes. Swap stories. Down the pub. <laughs> Mine's a light ale, by the way. Ah, <laughs> <coughs> oh, uh, well, did someone die in here? Goodbye, Chapman. Oh, sure. Uh, well, glad to meet you, Richard. Antigone? Chapman. Georgie? See you later. That's enough! Okay. Oh. Enjoy yourselves. Oh, the sun's come out. Well, if he thinks I'm going to buy him a light ale, he's very much mistaken. Oh, shut up, Roger. This is actually very serious. He seemed fine. No, he didn't, Georgie. Coming over here, waving his credentials in our faces, giving us feedback. My God. I thought you liked him. Liked him? Liked him? Yeah. You were talking about fluids and everything. That's professional chit-chat, for God's sake. Do you think I like gorgeous, handsome men, do you? Uh, exactly. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I can't think of a scenario where I would buy someone a light ale. Rudyard, focus. He is serious competition. Him? Competition? Were you listening to the man? No, she wasn't. She was gazing into his eyes. Georgina, go and make some tea. We haven't got a kettle. Buy one. <sighs> Fine. 
Rudyard, we're finished. I think I'll take a cyanide capsule. No, not finished. We're an established firm, going back centuries. Nobody around here is going to book a funeral with a complete stranger. <gasps> Rudyard, look at his shop. What is it? He's already changed the sign. Chapman's, just like he said. Yeah, I'll admit he's working quickly. That does it. You've got to see the mayor. Tell him this village isn't big enough for two funeral homes. That's not a bad idea, actually. I'll see him now. Rudyard scuttled across the village square and up the steps leading into Piffling Hall. He was shown into the office of the Right Honourable Mayor Desmond Desmond, a man who felt that the most wonderful words in the English language were, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Mr Rudyard, fun to see, sir. Oh, thank you, Marjorie. Uh, Your Worship, I really am most desperately sorry to... Uh, where are you? Down here, Rudyard. Under the desk. <clears throat> Why? Oh, just sitting here, you know, doing a bit of um, thinking. Big world out there. Yes, I came to ask you... Rudyard, do you know what the difference is between a village and a town? Um... Well, the town has a greater area. Yes. Higher population. Mm-hmm. More amenities. Ah, amenities, yes. A mayor. Yes. Oh, God. Well, exactly, yes. I, I actually came to we see you about... We have to do about... something with our lives, haven't we, Rudyard? Don't you think? Yes. I look at my seal of office sometimes and all my envelopes... And I read my name, and have I done enough, I ask myself? Am I even right honourable? Because I don't feel it. Well, to call yourself right honourable, you have to be a judge or a privy councillor. Really? I've got to change all my stationery now. You see, this is just the sort of thing I'm talking about. What have I earned? What have I achieved? God knows we have to try and justify ourselves somehow... Mm. I don't like the man across the road from me. Exactly. And then what with my sister passing the bucket last week? Oh, top draw send-off you chaps gave her, by the way. Oh, thank you. Pity it rained. Yes, well... Can't help that. Or the ground subsidence. Still, we all laughed seeing her flopping about like that. Anyway... Do you know what I have decided to do, Rudyard? I am going to turn this village into a town. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, things must expand, mustn't they? Probably. Do do you think so? (laughs) Good. She used to say terrible things to me, my sister. I've got a problem, actually. Have you? Well, can I help? Because I'd really like to be useful. I think you can be. You see, Your Worship, there's this man. He's not worth it, Rudyard. Yes. What? No, I mean, this man is opening a new funeral home, directly across the road from mine. Mm, is that a problem? We can't have two funeral homes, can we? Can't we? Why not? Well, that would be ridiculous. Oh, I don't want to look ridiculous. Exactly. If we had two funeral homes, why not? Two fire stations, two hospitals, two mayors. <gasps> two mayors? Could it really get that far? I'd hate to speculate. Help me up, would you? Oh. <clears throat> yes. I think we had better stab this in the bud immediately. Thank you, Rudyard. Thank you, Your Worship. Get me out of the office, anyway. (laughs) Out from under the desk. 
We won't talk about that. Marjorie, cancel my appointment for today. There aren't any. Thank you. Off we go, Rudyard. Upon arriving at Chapman's, Rudyard and the, until recently, Right Honourable Mayor Desmond Desmond discovered that the place was about ready to open. And it wasn't yet even midday. Rudyard braced himself for a sinister journey into the unknown. Wasn't this place an antique shop a few hours ago? I don't understand. Does he manage to do all this? Bit flash, isn't it? All these happy colours. Not a patch on your setup. Look, not a speck of dust anywhere. I mean, he arrived this morning. <laughs> As to be said, though, these sofas are very comfy. <laughs> Is that a coffee machine? Yes. Does your place have one of those? We bought a kettle half an hour ago. Oh. Hi, sorry to keep you waiting. As you can imagine, it's all go here. Is that a lift? Mr. Mayor, it's a pleasure to meet you. Eric Chapman. There's yeah. some chocolate truffles in the bowl there. Help yourself. Ooh, 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 lovely. Would you like the tour? I'd love to show you around. It's still not quite finished. Perhaps another time, Mr. Chapman. You've got a lift. No, um, I don't know quite how to say this, but... Um, well, I have to say what, Mr. Mayor? Well, it is very naughty of you to have done all this, isn't it? Is it? Without permission, I mean. But you gave me permission. Did I? I mean, before I came here, I was calling back and forth with your people and everything got sorted and, uh, where are we? Here we are. Look, there's your signature. Yes. The smiley face in the O there, it's definitely mine. You must understand, I don't always read everything I am given. I am usually kept very busy. I'm sure. Don't worry about it. What do you think, Rudyard? It's a really nice lift. Oh, thanks, Rudyard. Yes, well, even with all this, I mean, I am the mayor, aren't I? And I have the perfect right to change my mind. Oh, do you not want me here? Oh, no, 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 it's not that. But, uh, you see, it's just that, well, uh, Rudyard... Sorry? Yes, uh, now look here. Yes? We've already got a funeral home. Exactly! We've already got one. And with the best will in the world, we can't have two funeral homes, can we? Why? Because, well, then you see, we'd apparently have to have two hospitals, you see? That's a great idea. Is it? Oh, well, good. I'll get on to that. Oh, brilliant. But, no, nevertheless, a village just can't sustain two funeral homes, can it? You could be right there. Could I? Told you so. But you know what could sustain two funeral homes? No. A town. You say? No, no. Now, don't no. get me wrong. This is a great village, but I think it's going to be an even greater town. And I want to help you do that in the only way I can. With a funeral home. Can I ask a question? Go for it. If we had two funeral homes, would we need two mayors as well? No. That's ridiculous. Oh, excellent. In that case, I hereby pronounce this funeral home open. What? Doing there? We're taking advance orders. It's just a service we provide. Well, I won't take up any more of your time, Mr. Chapman. Oh, please, Mr. Mayor. It's Eric. Oh, best of luck, Eric. 
if you're ever at a loose end, do pop by the hall. Sometimes we have movie nights. Oh, I'll remember that. And if you need our services, it's on the house. Oh, tremendous. Looking forward to it now. No, 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 no. hang on. We... Glad to have you here, eh? Mr. Mayor. Oh, no, no, no. Call me Desmond. TTFN. I'll catch you later, Desmond. Shall I leave the doors open? Oh, if you would. Rudyard, I'm sorry I can't stay in chat. Uh, can I get you anything? Oh. I, I know what. Make yourself a coffee. Oof. I better see to that queue. Uh, enjoy yourself. Don't forget the truffles. Uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, afternoon now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm delighted to say welcome to Chapman's. And remember, we put the fun in funerals. After a coffee and a couple of truffles, Rudyard stormed out, seething with resentment. He kicked a small dog and got bitten by its owner. Having got back to fun funerals, Rudyard sat down a chair by the window and stared out across the road, muttering out loud to his only real friend in the world. It's a funeral home. Who the hell do they think they are, eh? Exactly. I give him a week. All right, maybe two. Uh, he might have gold blend and lounge music, but you can't put a glass on the mechanics. Get the body in the coffin in the ground on time. That's what it's about. I bet his corpses don't smell of cinnamon. Yeah. We'll see who runs this village. Rudyard, you're talking to that mouse again, aren't you? Her name is Madeline. It's not normal. Antigone, you spend 23 hours a day in a mortuary. Don't tell me what's normal. Off you go, Madeline. We'll continue this later. You haven't moved all afternoon. I don't need to move. I'm plotting. Where's Georgie? Day off. No work. Plotting. Rudyard, for the first time in our lives, we've actually got competition, which means we could really do with having some friends. So could you get out there and make some? I'll do it tomorrow. Have you at least gone round to check up on Mr. Askey? Who? Mr. Askey, the man we've been waiting to die for six weeks. Because so help me, I need to embalm somebody, and it could quite easily be you. Look, Mr. Askey's immortal. He'll never die. So what's the point in talking about it? Now look here. Georgie? What? Right, we'll see you there. Mr. Askey's dead. Is he? Yes. Oh my God, Mr. Askey's dead! How? Heart attack half an hour ago. It's all around the village. I'm so happy. It took him long enough. Oh, he's dead, 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 he's dead. He's dead. Stop being happy and get over there now. Sorry, yes. Get over there. I'm gone. Rudyard is back in the game. Rudyard is going to get wet. Have the mortuary ready. And Rudyard. Don't cock it up. Before you judge Rudyard too harshly at his delight at an old man's demise, I should tell you that Mr Askey was Rudyard's old P.E. teacher at school, so his delight is almost entirely justified. Rudyard met Georgie at Mr Askey's Bijou residence at 5.45. OK, OK. Georgie. Sir? Say it again for me, won't you? Say it again. All right, Mr Askey's dead, but listen, I've got to tell you... Get in there, my son! Whatever that means. 
God, I've been looking forward to putting him in the ground. Can't mock me for losing the 200 metre dash now, can you, Mr. Askey? Before you get excited, right. I need... Yes, got to straighten up. Yes. Think grave. How do I look? Miserable. Great, let's go. Sir. Could we please have some quiet out here? Oh, it's you, Mr. Fun. Afternoon, nurse. May I take this opportunity to convey my most profound condolences? Thank you, Mr. Fun. Sure, my apprentice, Miss Crusoe, here has already carried out our preliminary duties, so I think in the interest of efficiency we should let the dog see the rabbit. If you'll take me through... Well, this is actually rather embarrassing. Oh, please don't say it's a false alarm. In a sense, yes. Oh, for... Georgie, you said he was dead. He is dead. But, nurse, one of us in this corridor is deeply confused and I'm beginning to think it might be you. No. I knew it, she's mad. Grab her, Georgie. I'm not mad. That's what a mad person would say. Georgie! Let's do this. Rudyard, great to see you. Chapman! Busy afternoon, eh? Hello, Georgie. Hey, Eric. Stop flirting. Nurse, I demand this man be told to vacate this bijou residence immediately. Look, this is my bad and I've really got to apologise for this one, but... Mr Askey requested it. He what? With his final words, he said he couldn't bear to get buried by such a feeble little weed as Rudyard Fun. Interesting, man. He wanted to see my gold medals in the 200-metre dash. (laughs) Gotta say, I wasn't expecting business to take off quite so quickly. You're doing a most proper job, Mr Chapman. Thank you, nurse. Uh, I think we'll collect him first thing tomorrow. Anyway, must run. Good to see you, Rudyard. Georgie, enjoy yourselves. Ah... What a charming man. I hear he's still a bachelor. So am I. Yes, well, hardly surprising, is it? Ah, oh, well, can't win them all, eh, sir? Sir, are you all right? I am so... Six o'clock. Six o'clock? Six o'clock, the cemetery. Stanley's widow, Stanley Carmichael's widow in the cemetery at six o'clock. Oh, yeah, I forgot about What time that. is it? About five to six, but you'll never get there. Sir! Oh, for God's sake, Rudyard! Come back here, you stupid... Rudyard raced down the cliff, past the trees and through the streets with a speed that would have finally impressed Mr Askey, had he not already been dead. His lungs aching for breath, his limbs trembling with the effort, Rudyard tumbled into the cemetery at exactly one minute past six to discover... It's... It's all... Ah, there you are, Rudyard. Reverend, what's going on? Well, I arrived to oversee the preliminaries on Mrs Carmichael's uh, transferal to a better world, Mm. if such a place exists, which I'm not certain about one way or the other. And I found that her family and friends had been gathered together already for the funeral. For the funeral? Since the deceased was already here and sensibly dressed... He just got it done out of the way. Young fellow named Eric. Got his own funeral practice, I understand. I'm hearing marvellous things about it. He's got a coffee machine, you know. Chapman. Led them all in a couple of sing-songs, actually. Even had my speech prepared for me. Very succinct it was. Breezed through it all in no time. Chapman. Oh, he also found a lake over there. I think we're all going boating in a minute. He owns a boat, you know. Come on. Anyway, I'd better be getting back to it. We're having jelly and ice cream. Bags of fun. Goodbye, Rudyard. Or should I say, uh, enjoy yourself. You see? You see? 
Well. Hello, Rudyard. No! Oh. It's you. Hmm. Did a fair job, I hear. C congratulations. Oh, don't think it'll always be like this. They won't hand it to you on a plate, you know. They won't do that. This is very much the exception. A what? What? You can talk, can't you? Well, say something. Rudyard, have a nice evening. What do you... What do you mean, have a nice evening? What did you mean by that remark, Chapman? What if I don't want to have a nice evening? Hey, what if I don't... Chapman! What did you mean? Chapman! Today had been the worst day of Rudyard's life until tomorrow came along and topped it. I was there to jot it all down from first-hand observation and a little bit of gossip I picked up later. And, of course, being his only real friend in the world, Rudyard tells me everything. Oh, my name is Madeleine. I'm going to be the first mouse to write a Sunday Times bestseller. And I know for a fact that Rudyard wants to revenge himself on Eric by... Well, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. The Bane of Rudyard was written by David K. Barnes and featured Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Kira Baxendale as Georgie, Steve Hodson as the Mayor, Andy Seacombe as Reverend Wavering, Ellie McAlpine as Marjorie, and Belinda Lang as Madeline, with additional voices by Pip Gladwin, Sarah Burton, and Max Tyler. Original music composed by James Whittle. The programme was recorded at the Art Space Studios by Tom Gillieran and was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. The name is Montworth. Brad Montworth. Occupation? Spawn. I was recruited by the Society of Exceptionally Genetically Altered Roaches, or S-E-G-A-R, which I just realized spells cigar, as in close but no, but I digress. These exceptional intelligent roaches have a plan to create a utopia on Earth, an Eden for all creatures under the sun and under the refrigerator. Okay, for roaches everywhere. But they needed intelligence. And when you think intelligence, you think Brad Motworth. Because nobody is intelligenter than I am. Is. So, I was set out by the cigar to uncover the best ways for roaches to take over the world. To enslave man! Well, not all men, you understand? Just those that aren't... Brad Motworth! 
Roach spy. Oh, that could sound better. Insect spy. No, vermin. No, no, wait. How about just spy? Yeah, yeah, that works. Okay, spy. I decided to start my intelligence gathering with Mr. Bell, my pre-spy boss. But first, I needed to find him. Well, Mr. Bell, the new bat free is finished. This deserted underground facility that you found for a song has been refurbished and is now our new home. Right you are, Arnie. Everything's been moved in and now we can get down to business as usual. And Brad can come crawling out of his hiding place. How's that? He can emerge from whatever dark corner he's been hiding in. Why would Brad be hiding? Mr. Bell, what have we been doing the last few weeks? Well, we've been working hard on... Oh, we've been working, working hard. hard. Exactly. And now that the work is done. Hi, hi, Mr. Bell. How are you? What's going on? What's been happening? We've been getting the new battery in order, Brad. Well, whatever I can do to help, be sure to. You insect. How did you find out? You're like the grasshopper, and we're like the ants, and you're lazy, and we work hard. Oh, that insect. I thought you meant roach. Roach? Coach, coach. Yeah, <laughs> like, put me in, coach. I'm ready to work. The work is all done, Brad. Yes, yes. Yes, I know. How did you know that? Because the walls have ears and legs and exoskeletons and little antennae wiggling around. Brad, what are you talking about? There's no plot. I deny it. All right, all right. I don't know what you're talking about. I I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take over... We're not taking over anything. What have you heard? Take over this chair to Miss Schmackelheimer's desk. I can do that. Gee, Brad, you're acting weird than usual. I'm not acting weird. Who's acting weird? I'm not acting weird. Brad, you traitor. I'm not a traitor. I resent that. What have you heard? What have you discovered? What do you know? Trade her her chair for this one. Brad, are you feeling okay? Oh, I'm feeling fine. Absolutely nothing is roach. What? Wrong. Okay. Listen, if I'm going to get some work done, i got to step on it. Step on who? Where are they? Under our feet? i got to move quickly to my lab, Brad. Gee. Oh, of course, yes. Why don't you just go on to your lab there, Arnie, and uh, Mr. Bell and I will have a nice little chat. We will. Look at you. I'm out of here. So, Mr. Bell, what's on your mind? Well, now that the battery is all completed, I was thinking... How many humans there are on the Earth? Uh, no, I I wasn't thinking of... My golly, I bet there's a lot. Yeah, uh, several billion. Right. And how would they defend themselves against tiny little invaders? Build tiny little walls? Oh, roaches can climb walls. What? Uh, I-, I said goat cheese in a can is a crime, Wells. Who's Wells? I am. Uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> How are you? Listen, Brad, I really need to get back to work. Yes, there'd be no defense against an onslaught of tiny little six-legged monsters. Yeah, I guess it would, but it probably would depend on who's leading them. <gasps> I hadn't thought of that, Mr. Bell. I suppose not. Listen, I've got to see a lot of people today, Brad. Six-legged people? No, no, but a real parade of... Ray, don't say Ray! Don't say... Um... Never mind. Brad, don't you have something you need to do? No! Why? What have you heard? Brad, just leave. Just go away. Just crawl under something. Yeah, sure, Mr. Bell. I'll go make my report. What report? To who? To Seagar! What? Uh, you want two cigars? Um, I had two babies. <laughs> Brad, go away. Right you are, Mr. Bell. I'm out the door right now. Goodbye. 
<laughs> he doesn't suspect a thing. I return to the mysterious closed-off room where I meet with my roach co-conspirators, but there was nobody there. I could hear the faint rustle of something passing in the shadows, but it moved on. I figured it was probably a foreshadowing plot device of some sort that wasn't important at the moment. As soon as the odd plot device disappeared, I found myself surrounded by the cigars. Welcome back, Agent Motwife. Hi. Uh, why was everybody hiding? We're roaches. It's what we do. It's, uh, it's our thing, you know? I suppose. So, uh, what did you learn? I found out that a revolution is only as good as the people in charge. So, I've always wanted to say this. <laughs> Take me to your leader. Leader? Yes, the roach in charge. In charge? Yes, whoever gives the orders. Oh, we don't order nothing. We just eat what's on the floor. I'm talking about the head honcho, numero uno, the big cheese. All right, all right. We saw the movie. What, what, what are you talking about? We don't have anybody in charge. Well, somebody's got to be in charge. A, a ruler, a king, a president, somebody. No, no, no. We're an autonomous collective. An anarcho-syndicalist commune. All right, all right. I saw the movie. Listen, uh, somebody's got to be in charge if you're going to do something of this magnitude. Oh, okay. Who wants to be in charge? Uh, okay, uh, Sally, how about you? No, 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 that's not how it works. Oh, you got something against Sally? You need somebody smart. Smart. We're all smart. We're seagulls. Someone has to make the decisions. We did, and we decided on Sally. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's too simple. You need to have, have, have conventions and have delegates and have people cheer and make speeches and, and finally vote on somebody that they think can maybe get the job done better than someone else. He's like an awful lot of trouble, especially since Sally's already set to go. I sure am. But you've got to have at least two candidates. Boy, that complicates things. You might want to pick somebody that's, uh, you know, outside the immediate political circles. An outsider, as it were. Okay, I nominate you. What? I second that. She can't second her opponent's nomination. Too late. Nominated and seconded. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Okay, you're the nominee. All right, all right. We need two conventions, one for each party. Ah, uh, we don't have time for that. Let's have one convention for both parties. Yay! This is Decision 16 on CNN, the Cockroach News Network. Here at the convention, our two main contenders are preparing to make their speeches, trying to get your votes, fellow roaches. Our first candidate will be introduced by her husband, who is stepping up to the podium right now. All right, everybody, shut up and listen to the sweetie. Yes, yes. This has been a dirty campaign, and I aim to make it dirtier. If you want filth and sleaze, I'm your candidate. As a genetically enhanced roach, I've experienced what it's like to be on the inside. Inside the gunk under the fridge. Inside the garbage can. Even inside the toothpaste tube. There are so many reasons to elect me that if you put them together, they'd make a mighty hill of reasons. Yes, 
Candidate is getting quite the reception here with that very inspiring speech. And now to introduce our second candidate. Oh, no, no. Have come, we don't have anybody to introduce him. Didn't think that Would anybody like to volunteer to? What's that? That's cute little letters. Look, that's. Oh, okay. A young roach has stepped forward who has written her own introduction for our next candidate. So here she is with an original introduction. Four score and seven minutes ago, we cigars brought forth on this continent a new society conceived in squalor and dedicated to the proposition that all insects are created better. Now we are engaged in a great election war testing whether these cigars or any cigars so conceived and so dedicated can long avoid big shoes. We are met on a great convention of that election. We here highly resolve that these roaches underground shall have new birth of millions of babies and that government of the roaches, by the roaches, for the roaches, shall not perish from the garbage of the earth. Here's Brad. Thank you. Um, thank you for that original introduction. And, uh, <clears throat> hello, everybody. Um, <clears throat> okay, here goes. I may look like a human on the outside, just an ordinary slump. Yes, yeah, thank you, yes, yes. But on the inside, because I've been in marketing and advertising all my life, I'm very much like you. I have contributed to roach culture. I never clean my home. I leave garbage out. I have even built beautiful motels just for you. Many of you have checked into my roach motels. Well, actually, those that checked in probably wouldn't be here today. Um, I tend to hide when the lights come on, especially if there's work to be done. We can defeat the humans together. I know how humans think. You wouldn't believe what you can convince them to buy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So vote Brad Montworth, the slump, and tell your friends or kin... Don't say or kin! Sorry. Tell everybody that a vote for Brad is, uh, uh, what you should do. I didn't have time to come up with a good catchphrase. Sorry. 
Let me leave you with this one thought. As I stand among you right now, vote for me, because I have size 11 shoes, if you know what I mean. Thank you. Thank you. That ends the speeches, and now a vote is being called for. All right, everybody, it's time to vote. The results of this vote will be heard on Bells in the Battery in a future episode. This has been Bells in the Battery, episode number 147, copyright 2016 by John Bell Creative LLC. And remember, vote early. Vote often. And that's this week's show. Thanks so much for joining us. Please leave your kind remarks on iTunes. It, of course, helps others find us. Tweet us at, at Sonic Society and at AstroTour2010. Find us on the Facebook groups, including the Sonic Society and Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers. Go to audiodramatalk.com and please remember to send your fond memories of the last 499 episodes to <laughs> sonicsociety at gmail.com. We'll play your audio clip of memories or read your letter for the 500th regular season episode coming up. But until next week at this time we'll look for you regardless in the society i'm jack ward and i'm david alt good night good night the sonic society is written and produced weekly by jack j ward and david alt with original music by Sharon B at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen, the demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural... Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com.